إن الإسلام بدأ غريبا وسيعود غريبا كما بدأ فطوبى للغرباء أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تكونوا كالذين آذوا موسى فبرأه الله مما قالوا وكان عند الله وجيها يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما إنا عرضنا الأمانة على السماوات والأرض والجبال فأبين أن يحملنها وأشفقن منها وحملها الإنسان إنه كان ظلوما جهولا ليعذب الله المنافقين والمنافقات والمشركين والمشركات ويتوب الله على المؤمنين والمؤمنات وكان الله غفورا رحيما. There's also two extra mics. Whoa. I wonder what that means. I feel like they're probably going to know, though, from the way we're going to promo it and stuff. Yeah, but at the <laughs> same time, <laughs> it is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. But, you know, alhamdulillah, we had our first uh, guest on the podcast. Bona and Isam. And, you know, we had a nice conversation talking about what do, what do you really get into? It's mainly mainly talking about the movie, but mm. no, it was what's like the, was, what's the topic, okay. the main topic that you say we, we spoke about? We were talking first deeply about like... like the importance the young, of mentorship, right? The importance of mentorship, the younger gender... <laughs> turn, turn silent. <laughs> Are you in character when you're saying that? Are you probably using that? Turn it silent. <laughs> I did not say it like that. I did not. So, so don't make it's me sound crazy. Game. This guy crazy. <laughs> okay. See, see? This guy crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate this guy. Uh, okay. Um, no, we're talking about, yeah, the importantship of mentorship, uh, giving back to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. How we don't, you know, as the younger generation, you know, pass on our, you know, knowledge, wisdom, resources uh, for the next generation. And it was just easy when it was given to us, you know? There's no passing of the torch, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got into a lot, though. Like, it was, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, like, they, they, these, mashallah, these guys are some knowledgeable guys. They, they you know, passed on a lot of wisdom to us. Mm-hmm. And we really got into stuff that affects us, like, real life, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's stories in a way, but at the same time, it's like, it's a reality for a lot of us, right? Mm-hmm. And it's we spoke a lot about stuff that's happening right now in our communities. Mm-hmm. A lot of young Muslims being killed and you know not having that right environment around them to make it out. And subhanAllah, like we, we touched on some very, very important points. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's going to be a very relatable episode. Very. Yeah, wallahi. I mean, it opened my mind up to a lot of things. Yeah, you're going gonna to see for yourself, but spoiler alert, I'm just saying, uh, I'm letting you guys know right now, there's a lot of spoilers on the film. And if you guys yeah. are planning to watch it, I'd suggest you save this episode for after that. You know? Yeah, watch the movie first, then come yeah, back to this. Because they, you know, what they were telling us about the behind the scenes of the film made me appreciate the film much mm. more, you know? Yeah. So... Yeah, if you guys are cool with spoilers, at this very amazing film, by the way, Allah, I didn't have much expectations going into it. Yeah. But I left it like, wow, like they actually pulled that off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're gonna learn a lot about the film through you know the creators of it. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it, and inshallah, give give us your feedback, mm-hmm. and yeah, we'll see you guys on the other side. Other side, with two more people attached to those chairs. Yeah, yeah, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the Strangers Podcast, where we talk about our experiences as a Muslim living in the West. And you know what they say, I mean? Glad tidings to the strangers. Glad tidings to the strangers. So today is a very special episode. We have some very special guests with us. We have a, a very talented artist and a writer and now an award-winning actor, and my brother Isam. And it's the first time you heard that sentence. And and next we have, although most people know him, but for those that don't, very talented artist, yeah. award-winning actor, our creative award, director, award-winning poet, and an award-winning mm. poet. No, I was getting there. <laughs> I got to one up him. Oh, yeah, thanks. And we have Bona Muhammad. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, well, I'm just saying. That was a good intro. I, I, I hear that sometimes too to people. You ask them up and they're like, oh, we're talking about this guy. Yeah, well, I did not steal that from someone, brother. <laughs> okay, well, I just wanted to say, guys, I'm I'm very excited to have you guys here. Allah, mm-hmm. it's, we, we, we've been talking about doing collabs for a while, but we, you know, we just had to find the right time and. What a perfect time with you guys! Two special guys at a sure. at a time where you guys launched a very amazing movie, and we got the opportunity to to see it yesterday. So, mashallah, Allahumma barak. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so how's Edmonton, man? Welcome to my city. Yeah, take that. <laughs> that I take that, that, that as that, a, I take that as that a, silence was the vibe <laughs> of Edmonton. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, look, I'll tell you this: people yeah. hate on Edmonton. Yeah, like jokingly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say Edmonton is where Toronto people go when they join the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> when they're on the run from the law and they need a place yeah. to settle down a little yeah. bit low key. Yeah. Yes. Edmonton. So Edmonton is good for that, number one. Yeah. Mm. Number two, uh, I love the community here. Yeah. Like See, that's that's one thing yeah, that yeah. family vibes, yeah. yeah very much family oriented. Very, much, very yeah. much like I mean, I have a lot of family out here myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the community, you know, and it's growing. Alhamdulillah, like yeah, I've seen it, it in the last decade. Grow yeah, I'm sure, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I remember Spana, the first time I came to Edmonton, I was probably like, oh man, I was probably like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So when they, I think they had just built the university. Oh, U of A. U of A. Oh man. Matter of fact, they had just built that yellow dome thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he knows right? he knows where at Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. I think it's their yeah. dorms. I don't know what's inside. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's like a, a facility for. Or like, something like maybe it's a gym facility. Yeah, it's like a gym that. facility. Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember when they just built that. Wow. And it was like this brand new campus, and everybody's mm. so excited about it. So like from mm. that time till now, it's like mashallah tabarak Allah, a lot wow. has changed. A lot. That's crazy. I, I heard the first uh, masjid in North America is in Edmonton as wow. well. Which one is it? Al Rashid. Yeah. Yeah. Did you not know this? I actually didn't know that. So I didn't do my history. research. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is Canadian history. In fact, yeah. the actual masjid is not 
the one yeah, that we're praying yeah, in yeah. now. Mm-hmm. The actual masjid is like a house. Wow. It's in uh, Fort Edmonton Park. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a, actually a, can, a Canadian historic site now. Wow. So fabulous. like it's protected by Canada. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and this is for us as Canadians, actually, it's very important to know. That's crazy. You guys are teaching me about my city. I did yeah, do yeah, my research. Well. Your city. This is my city. Your yeah, city. Yeah. 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 It's, it's your, our, it's yeah, our, our city. city. Our city. Yeah. 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 And so, for you, I was going to say, because uh, you're from America, that's a different, whole other ball game, you know? So like... You went to Vancouver and then and straight to here, right? Yes. I, so I came to Edmonton for the first time like four years ago. Okay, I did an event Edmonton. over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is my first time back ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm from Seattle. I was raised in Seattle. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just came from Vancouver. That's like two hours away from, yeah, that, two hours and 30 minutes away from Seattle by yeah, drive. Yeah. That's a different yeah. vibe. Vancouver is more, more America than it is Canada. Yeah, very <laughs> like Pacific Northwest yeah. vibes, yeah. you know, the nature, yeah. the trees, you yeah. know, the scenery. Yeah. One thing I can say though, like, like you said, Edmonton is not really known for like the city itself and the beauty of it. It's more so... The, the vibes, the people, the community. Mm, mm. So you're going to have to, you know, be here for a little bit to actually fall in love with the city. Edmonton does something funny. It does like, there's like ups and downs in mm-hmm. the culture of the community. Like yeah. the Muslim yeah. community, like yeah. for like a two, three year span, it'll be popping. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And, then yeah. and then it'll go in regression. Then it'll, mm-hmm. everything will slow down. I was down. literally telling that before we started this, I was, I was saying how uh, before uh, COVID hit, like the the community was at its best. Like mm. it was events, people coming together, doing beneficial stuff together. After mm. COVID, like like most things, it was just a big drop, and it was hard to, to bounce back from that ever mm. since. You know, mm. there's a point in time actually where Edmonton, back when you used to come, there used mm. to always be conferences and events I, happening yeah, yeah. all yeah. the time. No, there's just always. So, so many, many different I mean, lectures, conferences. Al Rashid Masjid was quite active. I even I used to come with stuff with Sahaba Masjid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, what happens if you ask me from an outsider's perspective, yeah. I think the people who are involved they get burnt out. Yeah, they put so yeah. much pressure on like three, four guys and yeah. three, four sisters to do everything. Yeah, and then what happens? One guy gets married. This sister yeah. moves over yeah. here. And yeah. Yeah. Then you gotta start from and, scratch. And, and for the younger people, it's a tough act to follow. Like it's hard it to is. carry what they were building for us. You know, yeah. and especially I feel like MSA culture is mm-hmm. so difficult because. There's such a, like, we don't do enough to pass on institutional knowledge to the next group, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like, you're in the MSA three, four years. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Graduate. a new person's coming in. Yeah. They don't know what happened. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, I remember, it's so funny. I reached out to one, I reached out to my old university. I went to Ryerson University. Okay. It's called mm-hmm. something TMU now. They changed their name. Oh, wow. Um, and I remember reaching out to them on IG being like, yo, I want to do a showing there. Mm-hmm. And then being like, who are you? Oh. And I'm like, who am I? Who are you? Like, I built your MSA. Dude. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah. It was like this completely... Went over their heads. Yeah, there's a completely different generation. They have no idea who's who Nothing's was there before down. them and who was going to come after. SubhanAllah, we don't know. Wow, that's crazy. It goes to show, you know, they don't they don't know the people that paved the way for them, you know? You guys yeah. you guys ran so that we could walk. You, know? you, you didn't even know Al Rashid Masjid. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did not know it was the first in North America. So I need to do my research. I, actually, I don't know if it's the first in North America. It's the first, first in, in Canada. Canada sure. In Canada. Okay. Canada, yeah. yeah. And, okay. and you, we should also know that they were Lebanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, that yeah. And it's from like one area in Lebanon too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very influential like part of that you know of that country. So you know, Allahumma barak, like we owe a lot of mm-hmm. the, you know gratitude to them. Like, wow. For coming so and I, I, I kind of want to ask you because you 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 know a lot about Edmonton and Toronto. What would you say is like a big difference between the two? Because you lived in both. You know, you've seen both ends of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I think Edmonton again is one of those cities where 
people either coming here to raise kids. Yeah. Right. So there's more like kind of family, or they're strictly like grinding. Grinding. Like going to camps. Coming, that, yeah, you're literally <laughs> in the concentration camps in uh, with these Fort Mountain. Like, does, does he sound know about the camps? No, you don't know about it. There's yeah. also Brooks. You don't know about Brooks. Oh, you don't know about man. that life. So. <laughs> bro, it's a tough life. Yeah. People come out here and they like work it, like it's fast. It's fast. Like Twenty hour days, bro. Mm. Like and yeah. it's. But you know the crazy thing is like I don't know if it's still the same now. Mm-hmm. Like people on Tim Hortons would get like. 25 bucks an yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. regular jobs because you're in the money. middle of nowhere, yeah. they pay you so much. No one wants to live there. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It's, mm. it's it's quicker cash, but you're giving up your social life, you know, you're on your own. Yeah. It's not it's not easy for the for your mental health, you know? Yeah, it's not. They live I, in, being isolated for so they long. They live in dorms sometimes like yeah. um especially the oil camps. Oil camps was like really like that's a that's a grind <laughs> That's thing Bilal, Bilal from the kid from the movie could have used that when he wanted some quick cash. I would have manned him up, bro. I would have manned him up good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. speaking of Bilal, the movie, I mean, you want to kickstart though? Yeah, yeah. So about the movie, we wanted to ask you guys, what was the inspiration behind it? The message that you guys wanted to push to people, mm-hmm. what was it? Yeah, so the film actually came about as a a project, a script that I was working on with a friend of mine mm-hmm. uh, in 2007. Actually, before that, like 2006, he ended up passing away in 2007. Wow. And at the time of his death, uh, I mentioned this at the event, he was like, on Canada's top 10 most wanted. Uh-huh. Like he was really, really mm-hmm. heavy into the, you know, the street life. And, um, but for me, he was like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. I never saw that side of him. Yeah. I knew about it. I was very like, I knew like this guy, you know, there's so many things that I took from him like in real life that I saw, like one scene in the film, for example, I could spoil it, why not? It's <laughs> my film, I'll spoil, spoil it, what alert. I want. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert for who, whatever. <laughs> you didn't even pay to see the movie, so why do you care, you know? Dude. So there was one time, I remember literally he used to walk around with a gun all the time. Wow. And, but he would stash the gun in random places. So we'd go inside of a building and then he'd be coming out and he'd be walked to a bush and he'd be like, oh, sorry. He, he'd leave it. Like, he would just leave this gun like random places. Gun so far away. I, I included one of those in one I of the scenes. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, I don't know if that's a Toronto thing or what. That's how people do with their guns <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Like, because they're scared of going into buildings, yeah. places where you need security and stuff. So they literally stash it somewhere outside. So, but he was like that. Like, he was wow. a, like, he was a gunman and he actually was like a person who used to rob drug dealers. Wow. You know, mm. that's that's a crazy lifestyle. That's a different level. That's scary. You know? Bro, that's imagine, scary. yeah, like we think about drug dealers as like scary people. This guy would target them. Yeah. You know? So, so your, your life is always like on the line. Right. His life was always on the I line. I was watching your back. Yeah. yeah, like just a constant state of paranoia, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was the other side of him, which was like community. Like mm-hmm. he saw the mistakes in the way he was raised and the situation he was in. Mm-hmm. And he could acknowledge like, no, this is not right. Mm-hmm. But he was just in too deep. Yeah, you know, like he couldn't get out. Bad situation. Yeah, and in in the film, like, um, I kind of played it off. Like at the end, when you know, Bilal asked him, like, "Hey, you know, let's go to Africa." Da da da. Again, spoiler, whatever. <laughs> right. But in real life, this guy wouldn't have had a passport. There's no way he could leave the country. Mm. Wow. Right? And not just that, you're wanted by the law. So mm-hmm. if you attempt to leave the country, though, that's They'll the easiest way. There's, there's no escaping. So there really that. is no escaping yeah, at that wow. point, right? You can't leave the country. Uh, you can't live peacefully within the country, mm-hmm. like. What's what's your what are your options at that point? Wow. You gotta move to Edmonton. Yeah, <laughs> I go to Canada. <laughs> move to Edmonton, start fresh. Go to Brooks. Start practicing your Zabihan knife slip cutting skills. Bismillah, you're good. Allah, so funny. Yeah, yeah Allah, that's that's actually crazy, Allah, because you did mention how uh, like you created characters based off you know like real life situations. Personal life. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's scary to see how this is actually a reality, and mm. and people actually go through this. It's not just. Your your boy and 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 you being like the the person that's trying to you know figure out his way through like mm. the your your homie, it's 
a lot of people are in the situation. Actually, majority of young like uh, real life. Muslims and Somalis are are actually in in situations like that. So it's crazy. You know, and it's funny too that not funny, but it's sad in the sense that like we all know someone. Yeah, you know? I know a lot. Like everyone knows somebody mm-hmm. who either was killed, and you know mm-hmm. our community is very like they're very ajib in the sense that like somebody dies. They won't sometimes divulge how. Yeah, you know, yeah. it could be we we found about this in Minnesota. Like people are overdosing on drugs, heavy mm-hmm. drugs, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, they died peacefully in their sleep." Mm-hmm. You know, they're like a disease. Yeah, nobody wants story. to like it's yeah. Arab, you know, yeah, like so they Arab, start yeah. making up. I tell you this, I had a I had a, a a very 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 close family friend of mine, and for years I didn't know where he was. Like I didn't see him, no phone, no nothing. This was like back in the day before like internet and stuff. And they told me, "Oh, you know, um, he's visiting his father in Australia. You know, he's at a." Come to find out this guy was in jail the whole time. Wow. You know? Yeah, because people don't want to like air out your dirty laundry. Yeah, but like he was going through it. Yeah. And I nobody didn't know, had a, like nobody, nobody had even idea. knew. Yeah. You know? And yeah. we just kept it on. Everyone just keeps on the DL. Hush, mm-hmm. hush, hush, hush. Mm-hmm. And then we don't, as a community, collectively address the problems. We mm-hmm. don't actually address the root issues and yeah. causes mm-hmm. of why youth go down those roads if we're not there to have those conversations. Yeah. And one thing I, one thing I do like is how in this movie... Like everybody watching the movie and, and the film can resonate with a character in it. Mm. You know, whether you're the the person that's lost trying to find their way, whether you're the person that's like the bystander trying to guide you and mm. you know, seeing how you can like, you know, push to 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 bring them to the right way, mm. or you're on the other side of it and and you know, stuck in it with the person. Yeah, you or know? you're like character like Jenna who's just kind of observing. Bystander, yeah. You know, but anyways, Jenna's a funny character too because She's in an she's really an analogy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like Jenna. Her yeah. name is Jenna, you know. Yeah, like yeah. so, the whole time he's chasing Jenna. Okay, see, there. I don't know, I don't know that. Yeah, That's yeah, very yeah. poetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's really like his motivation throughout the film. You know, she the the real interesting part again. Major spoiler. Okay, mm-hmm. the my one of my favorite scenes that I wrote was at that final part when you're going to the barber shop barking, and yeah. you're walking there. The way we wrote it, we didn't shoot it the same way because logistically it was, raining and, it was raining and stuff yeah. that day. So it was a little bit harder to shoot. Mm-hmm. But it was supposed to be like he sees the shop and he sees Jenna oh. in one eye. So it's either I go this way or that way. Oh. You know, I would have made for a good poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so but again, it was an analogy because yeah. it's like literally that's the des- decision you make. Yeah. Either you're going to Jenna or you're going this way. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you too with uh, the, the piece you did at the end, you were kind of like making an analogy between Layla and the, and the Dunya. Oh, that was yeah, Muslim Bilal's Muslim piece, Bilal, Layla. Yeah, yeah. Bilal's yeah, that was heavy. Yeah, 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 the brother from London. Okay, that was yeah, okay, yeah, that, yeah. I, I think that was one of like that was a very powerful piece to to include towards the end of the film. Yo, shout out to MB. Yeah, shout for, out for to letting MB. me steal his song. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know if he's seen it yet, but inshallah, it's all good. If not, I'll see you in court. I guess. <laughs> no, no, he's good, man. Inshallah. That's sick. All right. I want to, I want to bounce off onto something uh, mm. that you were talking about because you know how you were saying that uh, when someone was in jail. And then nobody really knew about it. So they they were keeping it under the rug. Mm. But we weren't able to address the real problem and mm-hmm. go towards actual solutions. And you know how like everyone knows someone that it happened to or like mm-hmm. it's it's in your society. You know, like even subhanAllah, we found out today mm-hmm. about a brother. I mean, Allah mercy on him that you know, he got killed. SubhanAllah. Yeah, killed literally today. 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 And, and it's a young young brother. Yeah, oh, Edmonton. He's like what, 20, 21, 22? Mm-hmm. And 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 these are you know brothers that a lot of the community everything that's that's going on like we're just keeping it under the rug nobody's actually addressing it everyone knows someone who's in this situation but not really doing anything about it mm-hmm. we end up just falling short as a community as a whole right yeah I mean it's it's important as as well for us as 
like we here are all leaders, mm-hmm. right? Whether you acknowledge it or not, you're a leader in some type of capacity, right? Mm-hmm. I think one major mistake our community has made repeatedly for years and generations is when we're in a situation of leadership, we're not passing on the baton and we're not training the next group to take over. Yeah, mm-hmm. We're not planning to pass. Most times, look at Masajid. Masajid are a great example. They get in leadership and they, in their minds, there's never a time when they're not going to be leaders, mm-hmm. right? It's like, no, I, it's like the Khilafah, like, no, I'm here until the end of time. No re-election, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Like they just want to run it for the rest of their lives, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not how you build community, mm-hmm. right? And we have to be cognizant of the fact that people's situations will change, people's lives, you know, they'll move, they'll do whatever. But if we're not setting up the institution to succeed, mm-hmm. this is something that I learned more than anything from Sheikh Mohammed al-Sharif, Allah yarhamu, right? The founder of Al-Maghrib Institute, like, he founded this organization and within a few years of seeing its success, he was like, okay, I'm going to put it in the hands of competent people and I'm going to move on to my next thing. Mm-hmm. So they can carry it on. Yeah. But that is so ajeeb yeah. in the Muslim yeah. space. That's yeah. never the You're thing right. that happens, right? Somebody sets up an, a successful organization. That's just, it. We eat on it. You eat on it. You, your yeah. kids, yeah. your grandkids, <laughs> like halas. It becomes something in your generation. Yeah. It becomes yeah. something like, like a walk for you and your kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have this really bad form of nepotism that occurs in our community where like we favor our our, our kids and our you know our children our cousins whatever mm-hmm. but if we're sincere if you have ikhlas mm-hmm. it means that we do this f- with the best people possible under whatever circumstances we can like it doesn't yeah. matter if i know them or they're yeah. related to me or my yeah. tribe or my background it's like no you're qualified mm-hmm. alhamdulillah you're the right person for the job because yeah. you know? they can be the ones to teach like your future kids and future generations too you know yeah yeah and it's also an investment in our community like if we don't Put people in positions of leadership. And this was the point I was making even on the, the character of Uthman, right? Uzi. It's like, if we don't invest in leaders like that, mm-hmm. they are going to either go to different cities, they're going to leave, and or they're going to get, you know, they're going to feel like I'm not being appreciated. They're going to, mm-hmm. you know, move to different lifestyles. Or There's so many brothers, panel. we had, you know, I know brothers in the Dawa back home in Toronto, like they were very active. The community wasn't supportive of them. They're like, oh, I'm just going to move. Wow. They move some other city, oh, wow. whatever. And then we lose as mm-hmm. a community. We're like, why? We had this brother who was active. Mm-hmm. He was doing so much. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. we are the ones who had lost right now. Yeah. Because we didn't put him in a position to win. Mm-hmm. You know? And instead we chose this guy or this lady who's like related to us or something. Yeah. Some shady backdoor deal. Yeah. And then who suffers? The community. We fall off as a community. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and it's true because when we were younger, like we were teenagers we had people doing that for us. We had people always like putting us on to whether it's events, whether it's uh, putting us in a position to be leaders. And they used to always tell us, like, you guys are going to be the ones carrying the torch in the future. Mm-hmm. But as, as, as kids were naive, like it went through, from one ear to the other, you know? Mm-hmm. So it never really like registered to us until we reached that point where we were in the position to be leaders. And it was like, wow, like we really appreciate how they were to us because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's one, to be, one thing to be a leader, and another thing to act on your leadership and actually take, you know, uh, take into action and, and do uh, your part as leaders, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Well, I, we we need problem, to do better you know, our generation. You know, you know, the problem with our generation is I think a lot of times we just think that we're still young. Yeah. Like all yeah. of us are we're like, not ready you know, to face we're not ready to help anyone out because we feel like, you know, we're lost in this world and everything. How, how, how old are you guys? I'm turning 28. I'm 28. Oh, yeah. Okay. Still, you know, I, when when I look at like my parents and our parents, you know, when they first came here, they came like early twenties, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and these guys came in, you know, a brand new place, uh-huh. not speaking a language, and they had to, you know, build that foundation for us from scratch. And yeah, and they were working extremely hard. Whereas mm-hmm. us, alhamdulillah, a lot of us, you know, we had better opportunities than our parents, mm-hmm. 
Mm. And it's like, what are we doing mm-hmm. for the next generation? Which is, which is heartbreaking because when they sacrifice so much to assimilate into like a new culture, learn everything and be able to teach it to us just so we can have a better opportunity, not them. Mm. We can have a better opportunity mm. and we just throw it away and get involved with like distractions and and trying to get like fast money and, and all this stuff that, you know, that goes against everything they, they, they raised us for. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's how we see a lot of a lot of deaths, like especially as of late. And a lot of like crying mothers, people having to bury their, their children over over what money, a little piece of paper that you know, mm, it's crazy. Allah, and and this, like I was saying to you earlier, this, the scary ones are the, are the young ones that they're not calculated. You know, they're mm. they they just they just do and they don't think. Those are the ones that are, are terrifying because a lot of collateral damage happens over well, that. We we were talking about that the other day too. Yeah, and, and even like touching on that point, it's like the, the brain does not fully develop into the age of 25. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're younger, like you're not thinking about consequences. You go 100 miles per hour, mm-hmm. kilometers, I don't know what it is in kilometers. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and you're not going to think about getting in a car accident or getting mm-hmm. pulled over by the police. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why a lot of young people put themselves in these type of predicaments, mm-hmm. unfortunately, where um, they lose their lives at such a young age, mm-hmm. and then you know once we get you know a bit older, you know um, that's when we we start to think about okay, you know I have this to lose, I have that to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and may Allah have mercy on all the all the young brothers that yeah, we lost because they're still young, they're still babies, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So you know unfortunately some people uh, don't make it out, some people yeah. you know make it out and, and have a, and are able to reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, and Subhanallah, even you touching on. Uh, the point of the young brother, you know, passing away, Allah yirhamu. And today I got the news that another a young brother from my city was, you know, he was killed uh, in a movie theater in, in my city, you know. Um, and just last week, another young brother, we had to bury another young brother. Um, and yeah, so it's just, that's, that's three people that I know within a week. You know what I mean? But Seattle also is a little bit, Scary in the sense that like a lot of this is Muslim on Muslim crime. Yeah. And it's not just Seattle. I mean, a lot of cities are like that. But like, is that something that you're finding? Um, As of uh, at a point, it was a lot heavier, you know, but that's definitely an issue that I I see all over. You know what I'm saying? From like, like all over North America. Right. And and I think a lot of it, it just... Just growing up in different neighborhoods, like you go to London, you'll see similar issues. You yeah. come to, yeah. to to Toronto, Seattle, um, just be growing up in different neighborhoods and not really understanding the religion. You know what I'm saying to the point where it's like, yo, that's that's my brother, like yeah. by faith, mm-hmm. and that bond is supposed to be a strong bond, right? But we don't think about that. We're just thinking about, oh, he's from this neighborhood, yeah. or oh, he this that neighborhood, that person from that neighborhood took my brother, so it's it's war now, you know. So yeah. unfortunately, I, I I feel like faith is not really. Like something that 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 is a foundation for a lot of the youth in our communities, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also our responsibility to teach that to the next generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. yeah, most of the time, it's like you said, once you reach that age of twenty-five, you're starting you're starting to get to that point where you're you're reflecting and you're you're trying to get yourself back on track, right? Yeah. And you're realizing like all the stuff I do, I did in the past, you know, could have could have left me to lose my life. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm in that situation now. How do I get the people that are, you know, that are in that state of mind out of it? You know, you're trying to trying to kind of pull them out of it. But most of the time, it's their their biggest influence is is the majority that are doing it with them, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how much you you want to, you know, guide them and show them, yo, listen, 
you're not seeing things properly right now, but mm -hmm. but eventually you will. And before it's too late, I want to get you to see things the right way. And it's like you said yesterday, something along the lines of uh, you doing your own thing is also a form of like like that. Well, like people see you, they get inspired off you just like living living your life. You know, yeah, you'd be surprised, man. Even mm -hmm. just being a good person, exactly. Like mm -hmm. literally, like. You know, if, if the young brother in the masjid, whatever, like, hey, bro, let's, let's take you out for, for lunch. Mm -hmm. let's, let's go grab coffee. Tell me what's going on in your life. You know, like giving people the time of day, like mm -hmm. listening to them, like mm -hmm. actually being attentive, being there as a support system. You know, mm -hmm. people are going through things like letting them know, hey, you can reach out to me if you need any help. Like this type of thing goes such a long way. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, actually the things in my life that I felt like was a huge like asset to me and helped me in my success has been the fact that I've had really good mentors throughout my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had brothers who are uh, not always Muslim, but like men who in my life were formulating me as a man. Mm -hmm. Like they were teaching me about like, what does it mean to be a man? You know, mm -hmm. like I think that especially for, you know, a lot of people coming from single parent families, sometimes they don't have access to a male figure in their yeah. life. Maybe they don't have a father in their life. You know, I had a father, alhamdulillah, but you know, even then it's hard to connect with immigrant parents sometimes. Like there's a mm -hmm. big disconnect, you know, but having people that like grew up here that were older than me that like would just kick game with me and just, you know, listen to me, whatever. Like that, I felt like was such an unfair advantage that I had that most people didn't have. Yeah. And another thing in my life, I spent so much time around older people. When I was younger, when I was in like grade nine, I was hanging around with grade 12 people, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like it gave me a different perspective. I wasn't like, okay with just being mm -hmm. around guys my age. Cause you know, guys, your own age are immature, mm -hmm. you know? But when you're able to learn from people, when you're able to get mentorship from someone who's older than you, who can teach you the ropes and tell you, hey, look, don't make your own mistakes. Learn from mine. I made the mistakes already. Yeah. You know, I think that is such a valuable asset. And that's like partly the thesis of the film. I mentioned that yesterday is like around mentorship, you know, mm -hmm. and if I can impart anything on any community it would be like invest in a proper mentorship program, mm -hmm. you know, and it means that, you know, sometimes you're going to get calls at 11, 11 p.m. or mm -hmm. midnight, you yeah. know, or it yeah. means that sometimes, you know, you might have to deal with, uh, you know, you know, mothers at like I, the stuff I have to do with back home. Sometimes you'd be surprised, like you know, get out of your comfort zone. Like mothers will call me up and be like, "Yo, I need help. My son is wilding out. Mm -hmm. Like I need you to come over and like talk with him." It's Middle like, of the night, yeah. it's like wow. holy, like you know, you put. But then it's like, hey, that investment in him is going to, inshallah, in the future, he's going to get out of his little phase. You know, other mm -hmm. people will benefit from him, and it, it's something we, you know, you pass on, right? Mm -hmm. That that mentality where it takes a village to raise a child. Like we all have a role to play in, in people's development. No. You know, sometimes as an artist, for us, it's very easy. Like we come in, we're like the cool uncles, you know. Like we come in on like once a day on Eid or whatever. Hey, so now here's twenty bucks and you bounce, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like the real work is after we leave. Yeah. Like in yeah. Edmonton, it requires young guys like you. It requires other mentors, older brothers, to actually invest time. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the thing that I feel like. It's 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 such a hard thing to do because mm -hmm. it does really involve you being genuine and it involves selfless, you like yeah. yeah selfless like you can't it can't be about you at that point like it has mm -hmm. to be about giving back you know mm -hmm. yeah. well I I agree with that because like even in our situation like we're we're at at this point where like we alhamdulillah we have the opportunity to, like to go to Dixie we learn but we still have the, the younger guys who also are in Dixie and we we try to reel them in or if they're already in we we take it upon ourselves to actually hang out with them, you know? Yeah. It's like before it was like they were too young. So I was like, yo, relax, you know, get, get away from us. But now it's like, we want to we hang out with you guys. You guys are the cool ones now, you know? Mm -hmm. You guys are the ones that are are, are going to do this to the, the generation after, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't be absent to it, you know? No, and you, you got to be there and you got to like, 
you know, especially for that, like very formula of years, I find like between like really 13 to like 18, mm-hmm. you know, like those years are really important. So we push them in, away, yeah, especially in a young man's development. Like mm-hmm. if they don't have a proper support system at that age, mm-hmm. that's just like, you can go either this way or that way, mm-hmm. you know? And it's really important that as a community, like those years, high school, middle school, like having those mentorship programs, having older brothers like yourselves now who like, I've already gone through the system. I already went to Duxie. Mm-hmm. I already went to university, whatever. I know how it is, mm-hmm. you know, even as simple as like, for me, I remember like, I didn't know anyone who had gone to university. Wow. You know, even applying to university was like yeah. this whole trip. Like I was like, I don't even know the process. Like mm-hmm. having someone who's just, just gone through the ropes. This guy was the first one for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, my older sister, I remember she was the first one to apply <laughs> to university and even like her going through different programs and stuff like that, the parents didn't understand. Yeah. Like she was like the first one from my family that mm. was just kind of like learning how it worked out there. Mm. So it's like, oh, I'm in this program. Oh, how come you're not done yet? Yeah. How come yeah. you're not done yet? Right, right. But through her experience, she was able to pass that on to us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And alhamdulillah, you know, we were able to finish, you know, in, in a shorter amount of time, mm. we were able to avoid some of the problems that she went through, mm. right? Even just sitting down and applying. Having someone that's been through it sitting beside you. Bro, that's like that. the most intimidating part, man. Yeah. Right? And that's partly because there's a lack of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a major reason why, you know, we do the things we do. We don't know better, yeah. right? Like you can't, if I tell a youth, hey, you can make $1,000 a day selling crack or you could, you know, make $1,000 a month mm-hmm. working at McDonald's. Like, hey, bro, the math is very clear, you know? But we're not, we're complaining about them choosing the crack, but we're not giving them an option to do otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So, as much as we will tell people, like, you know, this is haram, stay away from this, stay away from that, we're not giving them the alternative. Yeah. And we're not facilitating for them, like, hey, no, this is the way. Like, yeah, there's grants, there's bursaries. Like, Mm -hmm. if you want to apply to university, there's this. It wasn't until like I graduated school that I learned about even bursaries and grants. And I was like, oh my God. There's a whole other world. Yeah, like there's a whole world out there for people that can access resources. Mm -hmm. And as a filmmaker, I'm learning this now. I've I've done five films. Mm -hmm. Now I'm learning like, oh, there's money out there. There's Mm -hmm. free money that the government is giving people to make productions. Wow. And most of them are trash. Most of them are done by like just, you know, white people. I mean, shout out Mm -hmm. to all my white people out there, you know. (laughs) I'm trying to get canceled. No offense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We know you guys own everything. So I want to stay on your good side. But you know what I mean? Like there's there's all these shortcuts to life that we're just cut out of. Mm -hmm. We're new immigrants. Our families. My parents didn't even, like none of our parents spoke English when they Mm -hmm. came. Like there's this Mm -hmm. huge barrier to access like we don't know how these things operate it's funny because like our, our people are the type to always look for shortcuts we're not looking at the right places you know no we're looking at each other for shortcuts <laughs> yeah. like bro yeah. you don't know and i don't know we need to talk to this guy you know yeah you gotta yeah, you like, be able to talk to the right people yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah. or when the right people like when people from our community go through it mm-hmm. then they need to come back and they yeah. need to you know pass on the baton and say no this is how you can do it mm-hmm. you know yeah well that is well said a lot of times people don't even know what's out there. So if you're someone who's in that position, you have to reach out and be like, hey, you know, I'm available. I'm yeah. here. Because a lot of times, yeah. Like Most people you, are to themselves. You don't really know if there's, a, you know, another engineer, another mm-hmm. doctor, someone who's been through it, mm-hmm. who's been through the same struggles that you're about to go through. So, you know, those people are the ones that have to, you know, make themselves available as yeah. much as possible. It's funny right? enough how you mentioned that because mashallah, like my, my brother Omar, the one that you just, you mm-hmm. just, you just met, he he got into like a, a CPA program, and we know we all know like that program is extremely hard, you know. And he had the pleasure of another guy, another brother, Somali guy, uh, talking to him and and actually mentoring him and mm-hmm. actually showing him, 
his route and uh, his study tactics and everything. And he, he didn't ask for anything in return. He didn't want anything in return. He just saying, I want to pass it forward so yeah, that you yeah. can pass it forward, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good to have that mentality and not thinking selfishly. It's just, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's keep giving. And once we're in that position, we got to keep giving, you know? Mm-hmm. And it becomes an amana. Like for me, I also feel adamantly about yeah, giving back because I had that. mentors in my life. Mm-hmm. They paid it forward to me. Mm-hmm. They really like went out on a limb and like sacrificed and invested in me. And like I made so many mistakes, bro. Like mm-hmm. there's so many things that I did, like, you know, that like put them in compromising positions mm-hmm. or maybe I said things, got them, mm-hmm. got, got them in trouble, whatever. But like mm-hmm. that investment got me to where I am now. You know, it's funny how you mentioned that because, you know, I actually became a poet because of you. I do. Yeah, because I used to, I used to, I used to fall in love with like the whole artistic way of like controlling the stage, all that stuff, right? Mm. So when I when I came across you, it was like, yo, this guy's pretty dope, you know. And then blueprint. Yeah, it was a blueprint. Like you paved the way. You paved the way for a lot of uh, like artists trying to get into it Mm. and subconsciously, you were just doing your own thing, right? But a lot of people said, yo, we can do that too. We can do that too. And then, bro. But the thing is, like, I had people that I exactly I completely jacked their whole style and everything, (laughs) like. I'll tell you, there was one artist, uh, he's non-Muslim, his name is Travis Blackman. Mm-hmm. You can search him up on YouTube, he's a spoken word artist. When I first saw this guy perform, I was in awe. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah. I never heard a spoken word before. I didn't even see him, I heard an audio on somebody's oh. website. They just had a clip playing of this guy doing a spoken word piece. I had never heard a spoken word, I had never heard of, I just knew rap, that's yeah. it. Mm. I heard it and I was like, oh my gosh. This is like, it was the craziest thing I ever experienced, wow. you know? so. Then I had other, you know, alhamdulillah, like I got into the slam poetry scene and I had mentors yeah. within that, people that showed me the ropes. I remember even learning a lot about stage performance from mm-hmm. other poets. Yeah. Then, yeah, like, you, you take mental note while yeah, they're performing. No, yeah. but they're like actually putting me on game. Like yeah. one guy told me, hey, when you crack a joke, I'll never forget this. He told me, when you crack a joke, don't laugh. Oh, wow. All right. This was mm-hmm. a thing he taught me to do on stage because mm-hmm. like sometimes, and comedians are the best at this. When comedians tell a joke, they don't laugh at their own joke. Yeah. It makes it funnier. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then the onus is on you to see yeah. the humor in it. Not yeah, you're yeah. not laughing at me. You're laughing at the point of what I'm saying, right? Yeah. He told me that after a show, and I was like, oh, okay, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. And I literally, like, to this day, I'm talking about it. This is like over, that's crazy, like 15, that. 16 years ago. You know, take note of that. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because you, you, you. It, when I started off, it was more like I used to think poetry was supposed to be dark. Like mm. death and hellfire and turn back to Allah and mm. straightforward, you know. But then I see like a, a lighthearted side of it mm. and like actually like making the crowd fall in love with you, being charming in a way, you know. Mm. And that's kind of like the personality that I have, right? Mm. So I was like, why am I trying to scare people? Mm. If I, I have this, yeah. it's not me, you know. I have this like charismatic personality, right? So that's how I kind of like formed myself to. Now it's just like natural. You feel you feel better about yourself, you know. Mm. It's like mm. yeah. yeah. Going back to the movie, uh, Sam, I wanted to ask you. Uh, in what ways first of all it's your first time actually yeah, well, you know, acting yes. and Allah Mubarak bro you did a great he job he did his thing <laughs> so I felt it felt like you connected with the character in like a deep way you know so in, in what way would you say you related to Bilal and uh, how did it resonate with you just acting in that role um, so I, I remember the first time uh, Bona sent me the script um, and you know how Bona was talking about you know a lot of the themes of 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 the film was touching on mentorship, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's some of the, some of the things that was crossing my mind as I was reading the script. Yeah. Um, you know, to the point where by the end of the the like when I finished reading the script, it brought me to tears. I wow, really teared up. And I remember I called you right after. Mm. Um, but there's like so many like characteristics of Bilal that that I resonated with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just him trying to find that that role model or that 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 figure that 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 positive figure in his life because my father left before I was I was born mm-hmm. when when I was in the belly of my mother. Yeah. Um, and and I remember growing up, it was very difficult for me to to um, to to really like trust someone. Yeah, like find that. Like I I I always. You know, I wanted to be like, 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 you know, saying the, the, you know, like the gangsters in the neighborhood, like yeah. the older homies. You know what I mean? I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be like my stepdad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to be like the older homies in my community that that left the streets but came to the dean. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was taken from everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I, and 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 I feel like I really had to, like, figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. Like no, yeah. nobody. Nobody told me, yo, Isam, like, like you could do this, or you're great at this, or you're great at that. Like, I, if anything, I just, I feel like I got shunned a lot and I got put down a lot. Yeah. Um, and 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 I, I feel like that really, that really like built me in a way that mm. I was like, you know, when when I'm dealing with the younger generation now, I want to make sure that I become that mentor that I never had. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So. Um, that was like one of the, the 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 like the the key parts that I really connected with, just like that that the struggle with fatherhood. Yeah, you see what yeah. I'm saying. Um, and and on and and not only that, just like every other aspect of of the experiences that Bilal went through, like even as a teenager, a young teen, when I when I got into the streets, and then I was influenced by by everything that was around me. Um, and and. And losing loved ones, you know, to the yeah. streets from a very young age, and, and 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 it's different now. Like I'm 29 now. You know, when you're younger and you hear of a loved one dying, mm-hmm. like your best friend or your friend, it hurts. Yeah. Deep, yeah. It's it's so painful. Mm-hmm. Like you feel it physically. Yeah. You know, over time, like it always hurts no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know what to expect. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you. I don't want to say you become numb. You know, but then. But you just you you you, you you've experienced this emotion before, mm-hmm. so you're able to reflect in a different way, and you you start to realize, you know what, like life is really short, you know what I'm saying, and death does not discriminate. Bullets don't got names, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying. So any of us could go at any moment, right? So, yeah. um, I, yeah, just just to answer the question, I felt like like Bilal was me too, mm-hmm. you know, um, and 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 yeah, like I, I, I even when I was acting. In, in in the film like there was moments where i had to revisit emotions from my past wow. like relive certain experiences in order to step into that character wow. you see what i'm saying and it was emotion those those moments on set where i'm i'm like I, I i don't want anybody talking to me right now because i'm actually feeling wow. like, like what's going on right now mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying so yeah. it was really personal mm-hmm. it was it was more than just a role you know it's funny I, I don't know if i even told you this but even playing the character purple, it took me to a really dark place. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like being in the head of that character for so many weeks. Like I actually started feeling like down, like depressed, wow. like sad. Cause it's like, you just think of the, all the wasted potential. You mm-hmm. just think of like, you know, like everything that he's going through. One thing that I noticed about your real life persona and Bilal, and it's why it really drew me into even having you play the character is there is, even though there's this macho exterior in the beginning, like, you know, in the beginning of the film, he yeah. pretends to be, but there's really a, a, a sense of innocence. There's like a sense of like stolen childhood. Mm-hmm. Like he's overcompensating for something that was taken away from him, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think that's male bravado. Like when, when, you know, 
you see a lot of times they say the the you know the little dog that barks the loudest you know mm-hmm. like the guys who are huff and puff like oh I'm ready to fight this and that there's really something really mm-hmm. sad deep inside deep of them inside, you know yeah. there's something yeah. that they're overcompensating for a lot of times mm-hmm. so I felt like with your character like what really drew me to you is that there is this sense of into, like inner innocence that like you know as an artist now you're able to express it you're able to vocalize it using your art but if you didn't have that like you would have to you know still carry on with this male bravado and not have that experience of you know mm-hmm. getting that side of it out of you um so that was one thing that i noticed about you and bilal like that's the way i wrote the character too yeah you know like he's putting on this exterior front because he really does feel really hurt about his father leaving him mm-hmm. about like you know these things are traumatic yeah and it's it's mm-hmm. it's really hurt him inside mm-hmm. and it's to the extent where he's lashing out on his mother he doesn't any male authority in his life he doesn't really know how to interact with them like he yeah. assumes they're gonna just you know with the, with the uncle character like he assumes it's all about rules and he's gonna just you know leave him if he makes the biggest like the one mistake or whatever like so even that trauma of the character like going through what you've experienced even in your life coming from a single parent family living in the hood all these things it's like it toughens up it toughens us up on the exterior only because we're trying to overcompensate for what the trauma that we really had to go through. It's hiding so. the pain. And touching up on what you just said about stepping into Purple's character, there was I heard it was uh, the person that played Joker, the original jerk, uh, Joker. Yeah, yeah. He committed suicide. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then, yeah, and, yeah. Ledger. And yeah, then they said because he stepped so much into the character that he lost, he lost his mind. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Um, and, and that's real. Like when you're getting into film and theater, it's like you're really... Like if you want to like successfully play that character, you have to step into that character mm-hmm. and be that character in that moment. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes it will even throw off your energy yeah. for the rest of the day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You're that personality for you know as long as it's you. Sometimes you get into dark places because you start. Part of it is when you're acting, you have to look for motivation. You have to actually yeah. dissect each mm-hmm. scene, and yeah. like the director will tell you, hey, your motivation in this scene is. You know, you're feeling this way because of this, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff that's like subtle stuff that's not in the script. I remember one of the scenes where uh, at the end when I find out that, you know, my mother passed away. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Okay. Oh. At this point, that's you gotta a watch big spoiler. At this point, you just got to watch <laughs> the whole film now. You're just going to be like, yeah. Who this part? <laughs> I remember actually Matmoon came up to me right before we shot that scene. Matmoon, mm. the director, is a Sudanese brother, mashallah. He did a great job. Shout out to him, man. Yeah. Um, he had lost his mother. You know, a few years back. Mm -hmm. So he actually had to get me in the headspace. And he was telling me like, you know, when I, when I found out the news about my mother, this is what I experienced. This is what I went through. This is the, this is the way I reacted. Like it was a list. First it was like shock. Like he didn't believe it. And then you, you know, so he explained it to me to try and get me in the headspace for that scene. And so he's telling me this and I'm like, damn bro, like your mom's passed away. And this is like, you got it. Like he's reliving it. Mm-hmm. I'm having to relive it. Yeah. And we're trying to show it for the audiences. Wow. It's a lot. Like you really got to dig, you wow. know, inside to sometimes find those like bits of inspiration. Like, okay, you know, I can, I've seen someone do this in a certain way in my life. Well, this would be interesting to bring to the character. Mm-hmm. You know, you're really drawing upon all these different things and you're creating like a collage. You're bringing together all these different experiences and trying to create a cohesive argument scary I, I just wanted to, to say my moon did a great job with that too even with me like mm-hmm. he he would remind you and walk you through like aspects yeah. of in different perspectives of of how to approach you know you know different scenes in the film so shout out to my moon mm-hmm. such a great director yeah, it's scary because like people know people only see like the face value of the movie but they don't really know what gets put into it you know mm-hmm. like having to trick your mind just to get into that headspace of 
so that you can deliver, you know, like a, a class act or whatever, you know. Mm. And mm. so that I wanted to ask uh, Bilal. So when you seen the script and like it, it led you to being emotional, how did you prepare like to get into that character? Like, yeah, I, uh, preparation is memorization. Mm-hmm. I had to memorize the script. Uh, Bonus sent me to <laughs> some. Uh, some class I don't even want to talk about, <laughs> but, but I ended up, I end up I was like yo I'm done with this I don't want to do this no more. So <laughs> I went for like two days. But anyways, um, even though you memorize the whole script, like it's it's, it's a whole script, so you're gonna yeah, forget, right? So yeah. every day I had to actually memorize the scripts, the scenes that were shooting for that wow. day. And then the way Bonner really set it up in terms of the scheduling, it's like we had to knock it off within the span of two weeks, right? So we were shooting parts of the film. Like that was at the end of the film at the beginning. Out of order. Mm-hmm. It, was like, out, it was not in order. Like those last scenes we shot the first day. You oh see what I'm saying? Gosh. You know, so so yeah, so it was it was even interesting reflecting on that as I was watching the film because right. I could see where I was more comfortable and less comfortable. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? You know, actually strategically, I think it worked to our advantage it because did. you're acting up better throughout the course of the film. Yeah, yeah. So if we would have made it so that all the bad acting was in the beginning. The film would have struggled, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in fact, what we did was we spaced it out. I, I had. Do you remember day one? I remember day one. Day yeah. one, we did um, the, the, the park scene, the park scene, the guns, the, and then we did the the, grave, the farewell scene, the, the grave, grave scene. scene. Yeah. That was all done on the first day. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So we literally did something from the beginning and the mm-hmm. very end. Yeah. Wow. And those were calm like scenes. They were. Too, yeah. They were very kind of you know, but at the same time, it, it allowed us to work into the character. Yeah. And then the parts that required heavier acting, like more emotion, we saved towards the end. Yeah. Because by that time, he would have been a lot more fine-tuned. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I was telling him earlier, I loved how even though it's not supposed to be a funny movie, where it was, so, you wanted it to be funny, you guys executed it like yeah. perfectly, you know? The, the, w- w- my, uh, go ahead, finish it. Yeah, like, like for example, like the, I don't want to spoil anything, but the, the halal scene, like where you say, oh, I don't know any halal oh, spots. Like, you know? like, you know? know. But, but I, I, I wanted to say though, you know how you were talking about comedians, <laughs> yeah. they don't laugh at their jokes, right? Yeah. So I feel like yeah. that's also an example of, yeah. of how it was <laughs> executed. Straight face. Yeah, it's like when <laughs> the, the characters are not laughing, but yeah. the, the whole theater is laughing, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Did you laugh at it when you read the script? Like, uh, no, you know, subhanAllah, there was a lot of lines mm-hmm. I didn't know were funny. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. I don't think he got I, that. I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Like, Even the, did the way they delivered it was like straight. Not supposed to be funny. It was no, innocent. Yeah, yeah, but I knew writing it. I, first of all, I told him in the car right he here. The I was like, first of all, this line is the funniest line I've ever <laughs> yeah, seen in my, my all my writing. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was the, the funniest, funniest thing I'd ever written. And I was just... Every time we see it in the theater and people laugh, I laugh even harder. Yeah. Like, oh, it's so yeah. unexpected. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just like a heated moment. But I'm not gonna lie, that scene that you're talking about was probably one of my favorite scenes my favorite in the scene film. Too. Like in terms of my my uh, my performance, yeah. I was really proud of it's that. The way you, know? you delivered it, because it's supposed to be a serious scene, yeah, and like yeah. you're you're being pushed back, and you delivered a nice punchline. Like what we're supposed <laughs> like, to oh, do. Oh no, you know? the funnier part was in the beginning when he shows up at the grill. <laughs> oh, the grill, yeah, the grill was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that yeah. one makes everybody laugh, and that one wasn't meant to be as funny yeah but then seeing people funny. reaction i'm like oh yeah yeah, yeah. We and, and, and it's because you, like the, the, the grill was exaggerated it was yeah. like a like a you know fake you know what it saying? was an amazon grill <laughs> it was, amazon it was grill. actually a, one of those and he had to mold it took in it his out mouth. and he took it off no, no, no here's the funny part this I'll, is actually i know you're about to say yeah. go ahead. so initially we wanted it to fit in his mouth yeah mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. the grill was so cheap it was like a plaster mold so when he put it in his mouth he couldn't talk so instead of doing the whole scene with the grill we said okay just do the first line yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that part I forgot you know? that part because Lays. then it made but that part of him like he's like 
Uh, what what is the line again? It's like uh, 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 I said, open your eyes. Yeah, open your eyes. Yeah. But the way he <laughs> said it's like open your eyes. <laughs> so we told him like you'll exaggerate that part. <laughs> oh, so that's harder to speak. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Jenna's yeah. like, you know what? And then, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it wasn't built in. Like initially, we wanted him to the speak whole the, whole, the whole scene with the grill. Yeah. But because we decided that because the grill was really cheap, we we're like, halas, we'll just scrap yeah. it. But, but, hey, forget only the grill, bro. The whole outfit. It looked like I'm, I'm designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, you on. know what I mean? That outfit looked tight, right? <laughs> it looked yeah, like it some designer, right? Yeah, go. What do you call those shops in Canada, bro? bro? We went to some flea market. Goodwill or something? Oh, like flea market, bro. Flea market. It was not even real, bro. We went to like one of the cheapest oh like ghetto God. malls. We went to, I remember it was Eid Day. Yeah. It was a day of Eid, remember? It was I, I remember it was... It, it, Everything it was, was shut em- down. It was yeah. empty. It was empty. It was like a yeah. Sunday. I remember yeah. how the shop It was like. the ghettoest mall. I took him no. there and I just said, yo, we'll find something that looks flashy, but it's actually cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing right. was so cheap, literally... It ripped. The pants the ripped. The pants ripped. ripped everything no ripped. Way. By the end of the shooting, we had to just throw it in the garbage. We're like, okay, yeah. you know, suit, you did your job, and we just yeah. tossed it in the bin. That was funny, man. That's so funny. I love how like it's like most movies, like the humor... Always caters to either one side or another. You know, mm. it's not like not that general, but this one was catering to like our community. Mm. So we got every line, yeah, every yeah, joke, yeah. and everybody was laughing. Yeah. Like it was like it was loud too. Yeah, that yeah, and the yeah, little, yeah. little kid running around the stage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Don't even talk to me, man. <laughs> you know, but you know it's funny. I had a lot of my family that were there uh, yesterday. A lot of them, you know, like don't speak English fluently. Mm. So I kept asking, I'm like, do you guys understand the film? Yeah. And then my one uncle was like, yeah, yeah, like uh, 60% maybe. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of slang too, right? And we, yeah, sometimes yeah, we yeah. don't account for that. Like we don't realize that non-fluent English speakers or native English speakers won't pick up on some of the nuances in the language. Yeah. Um, but then there's also the Canadian slang versus the American oh, slang. Oh, you know, you know what I noticed on that point? Like when we did the screening in Toronto and even like, like uh, uh, Vancouver and Edmonton, Mm-hmm. The the Canadian slang like that the you know what I mean like uh, the patois, putty yeah, the patois yeah. influence like the Canadians y'all y'all is laughing but then yeah. when we came to Seattle we came to the United States not a single joke. person laughed They're like what is this goofy guy <laughs> yeah. doing you know yeah, they didn't get it but when it came to my humor and then the way I talked there was laughing more yeah. you know what I'm saying so what up cuz we saw himself in the mirror yeah. Yeah. the moment yeah. we heard the first bit of Toronto slang everybody started laughing that, oh, that, on that scene the sidewalk in Toronto when we showed it <laughs> oh, people yeah. were dying bro they could not imagine that such a disgusting accent would be highlighted on such a professional halal film you know like, <laughs> they're like what and, you, is and this? he was yeah. mentioning earlier how i was like like you were you were doing the 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 language but like you weren't like forcing it like it was just so actually it was a very conscious decision so mm-hmm. one of the things that i did putty the guy who played another one of the characters in the film for him i told him to turn it up mm-hmm. i said really exaggerate your yeah. your slang but for me i knew that i also this film is going to be shown everywhere yeah. like it's not just toronto so i had to actually make my slang a lot more subtle because mm-hmm. yeah. i didn't want it to throw people off i That's knew what, you told me to do the same thing with my because those certain slang words i want to include but he's like we got to mm-hmm. you pretty much like you know what i mean uh turn it down turn a notch so yeah, people yeah. can understand yeah, and digest because, it yeah because otherwise yeah. we're going to lose audience right yeah, yeah. and now imagine it's not just canadian slang it's toronto mm-hmm. slang and then west coast Canadian, slang, American yeah. slang. It's like yeah, it's one different. film with that much slang and different yeah. coasts of yeah. slang. It's like, bro, we but gotta, gotta meet somewhere in the there, middle. There was people in Canada talking about what's up with this kid, uh, you know, trying to trying to put on an American accent in Canada. <laughs> well, like, I'm no, no. There's people who are being critical. They're like, oh, why do you have an American playing a Canadian? And I was like, first of all, there's a lot of Americans in yeah, Canada. Yeah, that's yeah, not, you know, yeah, that's yeah, Aussie. Yeah. But then, you know what it is? I, I was telling him, it comes from a long history of 
Canadian films and Canadian characters being played by Americans. Mm-hmm. So Canadians mm-hmm. are very like self-conscious of that. Like mm-hmm. we feel like, oh, why don't we just, why don't you hire us to act as ourselves? You yeah. know, it's like the same complex that with Somali actors. It's not yeah. until recently they started hiring Somali. Yeah. I remember Black Hawk Down was a bu- <laughs> bunch of like random African, West African dudes. And, you know, so yeah. people get offended by that. They're yeah. like, yo, why can't yeah. we be our terrorists? Yeah. Like what? We want to be our guys. You know, like, why does this guy have to play him? Like, so they were the same way. They were like, yo, why are we having Americans play Canadians? And I was like, no, no, it's not even like that in the mm-hmm. film we acknowledge that he's actually american yeah we never shied away from it mm-hmm. that's the thing that i didn't want him to do i didn't want him to fake a toronto Doctors, accent yeah, yeah. yeah. he did a good job explaining it in the film too like he, yeah, yeah he's saying oh why do you sound like that like, yeah the yeah. characters itself were, were bringing it up yeah yeah they that's call that in filmmaking exposition exposition, mm-hmm. so exposition yeah. is there's a and fact i need to tell you yeah. but i need to incorporate it into in the, the story, story. In the yeah. story yeah. yeah follow me one of the major things that that you know, I give you guys respect for is one thing you mentioned, how you guys were able to film the whole thing and have this whole movie with no swear words. And it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be like a like a hood movie and it had no, you know, swear words, nothing. <laughs> and you didn't even bad, feel you know? like it. you yeah. didn't feel like it was missing out on. Exactly. It. And you didn't feel like, oh, this is, you know, PG rated. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so the whole time you're, you're still in the, in those same emotions as if you're watching a regular yeah, you know, top boy or something, <laughs> or something like that. And then another thing for me, well, I personally. I'm driving back home and I'm like, did I really just watch a movie and it gave me a man boost? Yeah. Wow. You know, like yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. driving back home yeah. and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm about to pray fidget and miss it. <laughs> wow. I need to do some camel later or something, something wrong with my man. Bro, because you touched on it where you said like, like nowadays the youth, what do they resonate with the most is like movies and shows. So it's like, I'm like, yo, maybe there is a way to like storytell and give da'wah in a form of you know, films and TV and still keeping mm-hmm. it in a halal way, you know? I never thought that something like that could happen, but as oh. I'm driving back, I'm like, whoa. Bro, that's the future. Like, it's the future, yeah. man. And that, in fact, it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Like we're losing youth left, right, and center. We're losing our community. We see what's happening outside. We see yeah. their we see their agenda. Mm-hmm. They're force feeding their philosophies to us now, not just blatantly, but through media, mm-hmm. through what they teach the kids at school. Even in Muslim shows, they're, they're gonna make it a Muslim character and still incorporate yeah, whatever they want. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, Allah. So unless mm. we look for opportunities, like I imagine, look in that in the film, we broke down hadith. Yeah. We talk about the hadith, the man who killed ninety nine mm-hmm. people. Like, yeah. I think there's ways of teaching Islam in ways that are in fact more powerful and impactful than just like a khutbah, like some guy on the mimbar and he, mm-hmm. he says the hadith and you don't know the context, you don't feel anything, you just hear it, it and leave. To you. you know, mm-hmm. but if we can show people the story like this is really the, even the philosophy i had for my third film righteous sinner which is based on the story of Barasisa the monk mm-hmm. right so i took one story that's from the islamic tradition it's from an israeliad story it's not a hadith it's from the people who came before us but using that as a like dissecting that story and turning it into a film wow. we are a tradition of storytelling mm-hmm. You know, Islamically, like we come from a tradition where stories are used to teach. One third of the Quran is stories. Mm-hmm. Why does Allah subhanahu ta- why does Allah Azza wa Jal use stories? No. Think about that. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us through stories. Yeah. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already knows how we are and how we resonate with certain, you know, storytelling functions and metaphors, you know. You're able to draw examples from oh, what well the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, he went through this, how does this relate to my life? Yeah. Humans are very selfish like that. We mm-hmm. take any story and we try and relate it back to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Naturally. You'll hear a story and you'll be like, Well, how does that relate to me? So when you can provide stories that have benefit, you'll immediately find people that say, Oh, well, you know, I saw the character do this. Well, maybe next time I should try something like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So storytelling is one of those things. That's why I don't even 
I don't use terms like poet or filmmaker. Like for me, I am a storyteller. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care the mechanism. If By I any means, audio, yeah. if it's video, I'm if it's story. poetry, yeah. if it's I'm just telling stories. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a tradition. That first of all, Somali is like this is the land of poets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This poets. is the land like this is you guys come from this tradition as well. You mm-hmm. know, like this is something that we as Muslims should adopt and should be the like we should be the flag bearers of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, film. Uh, festivals, yeah. poetry competitions, yeah. like whatever. We should be the ones telling everyone how to tell stories, not, yeah. the, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. because you did mention that yesterday. You were saying how, you know, we should tell our story. Why are they telling it for us? Because mm-hmm. what, what was the analogy? The table and the... They say if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, subhanAllah. Yeah. And if we're not the ones who are even dictating, telling people like, okay, well, this is what's acceptable when you're talking about Islam and Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. Like for people to have Muslim characters in shows, to me, is not good enough. Because mm-hmm. a Muslim character behaves a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And of course, you, like you saw in our film, my characters are flawed. Like yeah. I can be a character, but Muslim you know, you know, you know, how, you know, I know the, the film is like, the worlds are so different in the ways that we show, in the times that we've shown the film, uh, you know, Bilal's character is disrespectful to his mother, mm-hmm. right? People in the film, when they watch it, are more upset at that. Yeah. The Muslim audience is like, this guy spoke to his mother. Forget the guns, the drugs, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy spoke to his mother yeah, like that? Yeah. Subhanallah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why I knew it was like so funny. Because like yeah. we have different values, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're, it's okay to shoot somebody, yeah. right? Or it's okay to like come from a world where there's violence. But we know, like, yeah, never talk to your mother like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a that's very a disrespectful <laughs> thing. Yeah. You know? Even when I watch it, I'm like, man. <laughs> like, my mom was at the screening in Seattle. I went to my mom. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? so, so it's like we, we, as Muslims, like we shouldn't compromise mm-hmm. what makes us unique, what makes us have value. Yeah. And I think even in the future, you know, because more shows will do this now. They'll throw in the Muslim character, one hijabi here. But then they'll just be like anyone else. Yeah. Regular character, They're yeah. creating the facade of a Muslim, yeah. but not the lifestyle or the thinking or the personality mm-hmm. of a Muslim. If you're right? going to add a Muslim character, you got you to gotta show the Muslim character for what it is, you know? Not- so this is why like, I had major problems with that series. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I did not want to. <laughs> I was so triggered yeah. by it, man. I watched the. I, I'm a filmmaker, so like I gotta, you know, I can't just talk smack. Like I gotta actually watch it yeah. and dissect it. I watched the first episode. I'm like, oh, this whole thing's going downhill. Mm. And I remember all the Muslims were telling me, like, I put out a post about it. And I listed like top five reasons why I thought the whole series was trash mm-hmm. after the first episode. Mm-hmm. And people were like, no, how can you oh, say that? Man. They told, this is how I know brown people are like, they, 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 they pick sides up, when they they're, write up, they write up bro, people. they told me when Black Panther came out, you never said anything. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I didn't have anything to do with Black <laughs> Panther. I wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. You really try and put Marvel against one another. Like, you were with this Marvel guy. How can you not? I'm like, bro, that's a completely different yeah. story, you know? But it's like when they, in that show, she is a Muslim character, but there's mm. so, she, in her world, Islam is the problem. Yeah. Right? Because she's Muslim, she can't do this. She can't yeah. do that. She yeah. can't have a boyfriend. She can't go to school. Yeah. She can't have friends like this. Mm-hmm. Islam is holding her back. Mm-hmm. In my films, Islam is the answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Islam is the solution to the mm-hmm. problems. Yeah. So yeah. it's a very different way philosophically of mm-hmm. even utilizing Islam in the story. Mm-hmm. Right? People will talk about Islam and Muslims, but it's like something where it's a burden. Right? Oh, I'm Muslim, so you know they have a lot of shows like mm-hmm, this for mm-hmm. young, especially young women, and this mm-hmm. is how they want to actually take our sisters away from Dean, take them away from hijab, all these things. It's like, oh, I, you know, why I can't, can't do I do this because my brother can do this, or yeah. I'm a girl, so I can't do this, and you know, Islam is so unfair towards women, and and so they'll have this young female Dialogue. character who's like at odds with Islam, mm-hmm. right? 
not seeing the other side of it that Islam is the solution to your problems. Mm-hmm. Islam is the thing that's protecting you. It's giving you izzah. It's giving you dignity, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's philosophically you have to see how they're even framing Islam in their stories. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they make Islam the problem and really it's the solution. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I love how you mentioned that because in the film itself, you're, you're making Bilal, you're putting Bilal slowly and, and slowly into a deeper hole, showing first his desires, having wanting that fast money, having to want like all the, all the power that, you know, that feeling of being in control, you know? Mm. And then once he reaches that point of, you know, you get to reach like the final point, it was never worth it to begin mm. with. And he he even, I think he mentions in the movie, like all that stuff doesn't bring you happiness, you mm. know? And then it goes into that intense scene into the, the alley, mm. which by the way, you did a very good job in that one, mm. mashallah, I wanted to say. But it's- well, shout out Jadeen. Did you guys see that five second cameo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you see that? Did you I not hear that? Gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you didn't even notice it? I didn't catch it, no. Bro, the guy who comes out, the guy who comes out and tells him, yo, there's gunshots in front of you. It was Jadeen. Oh, <laughs> yo, you know what happened? This is, how fun, this is how funny movies are. This guy literally showed up on set. He wanted to check this guy. He's like, oh, you're in town? What's up? I said, oh, you're here? Oh, you're in the movie, dog. There was no lines written for him, nothing. I was, like, I was like, yo, we're going to finesse the whole thing it's right crazy. now. crazy. And you guys plugged him into like the, the most like deepest, most like intimate moment. You know, he was having his ones with... Not that Allah, Allah, bro. He just showed up. But yeah, it was actually a very good like transition into like uh like the, the scene. I don't want to spoil a big one, yeah. you know, but very, very transition into a bigger scene, you know, and that I think was probably the most emotional scene mm. you know, with, with the uncle, right? Yeah. Because yeah, it was yeah. like it was very deep. It was like everything someone's done for you, mm. sacrifice for you, and they're the collateral that I was mentioning, mm. the collateral damage, right? So like it was it was deep, but it was wow. like, mm. Yeah. I, I think that scene won you the award. As I was saying, he literally. He by the way, he won best performance Mashallah. at a recent film festival. Mashallah, Hollywood Mashallah. North. Mashallah. So, no price just went up, man. Price just went up. I told you, bro. Like, get get him on the next movie before he's gone. <laughs> he's. I'm already. I gotta talk to his agent now. You be sending me. Oh, talk to this person. Yeah. I'm like, hey, that's me. What are you talking about? Sending me all these fake numbers, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, you gotta have him in the in the future. I love to see you guys work together in future projects. But like I'm saying, I'm I'm telling you guys, you guys did a very good job. Like your chemistry together was seen on the movie. You know, even with your characters, like you have Bilal on one side who is is he's innocent, but like. Like you said, he talks back to his mother and it's like, wow. But then the opposite happens with you where it's like you're you're getting involved with all the stuff that Bilal wants to get into, mm. but you're actually respecting your mother. Mm. And you, you had a scene where you're like, don't talk to, don't talk bad about yeah. your mother like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's kind Isn't of like- is that a, ironic though? Yeah. I thought I, that part was so interesting. I like noticed that flip. The, the, the person that this guy's aspiring to be like is actually a very respectful person. Yeah. He has exactly. boundaries. Yeah. Which leads you to that, that big question you asked in, in is- a purple good or bad and a good mm. or bad thing yeah you know the crazy part about that is like there's you know how people always try to make things black and white mm. yeah like there's a verse in the quran where allah says Woman that for everything allah created in pairs mm-hmm. meaning a lot of people take it as like male and female right mm. but the scholars they said that this is a lot deeper than that mm. like there's night and day there's male and female mm. there is uh you know, the sky and the earth, mm. like everything has like, it's, it's parallel, you mm. know, but when it comes to good and bad, it's like this space where it's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that knows. Mm. And I feel like for me, obviously, like you see that character purple, everything that he was doing throughout the movie, you're like, okay, this is inherently, he's a bad person, mm. but his character, the way he moves, like 
the way he treats his mom, he's selling, but he's not indulging in it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, it's a lot of time. So mm-hmm. a lot of like contradictory know, stuff. That's so you know? bro. <laughs> it's, it's contradictory. In the end, it's like this person who was a Muslim, who, and the, I don't want to spoil the way, mm. the way, uh, the way the movie ended. Oh, part two coming out soon. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the way the movie ended. Yeah. But it's like the, the whole good and bad thing for me, it's, it's a, it's a space that is very, very, you know, like. It's a space you leave for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Especially if the person is a Muslim. Especially if the person prays. And at the same time, as long as the person is a Muslim, mm. it's someone that you can make du'a for. You mm. can make du'a for that person. Mm. And then you just leave it into the hands of Allah, the most merciful. But at the same time, he's the most just. Mm. So our justice, the way we try to see things, the way we judge between human beings is completely different than the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so. is going to judge between us. That's so, heavy. So, uh, man's um, a serial killer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you know what's funny? In the film, we don't even talk about what happened before that point. Mm-hmm. Right? We're meeting him at the end of his journey. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. so we'll he made even him said, get to that, basically. He, if I was to do a part two, by the way, and I'm not saying I will, but if Pretty I cool. want to, I really want to do a story about like purple in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how did he become a savage? Because mm-hmm. yeah. there's kind of things we hinted at. Like first of all, he was picked on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right? about to mention that. Yeah. He, was a, he had, he, well, yeah, he had an name. accent, right? Yeah, and they're he not was, here no more. Yeah. Brah. Mm-hmm. People like that, they're the scary ones. Wow. The ones who have gone through like, yeah. they've gone, they gone through trauma. Mm-hmm. Like they've actually had to live that world of getting picked on, getting beat up, getting exploited. Like when they turn savage, bro, you don't want to get in their way. Yeah. The thing about purple, what I like about him as a character is when we meet him, he has no more fear. Mm-hmm. Everything that has happened to him, it's yeah. gone. Yeah. He is, he's such a, like a unique example of like what happens when, you know, you're numb. It's like, you're numb. Literally. He's you numb. Have nothing mm-hmm. to lose. He has not, he doesn't yeah. care. He, there's nothing that scares him at this point. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about dying. He doesn't care about living mm-hmm. like that to me is a very scary thing to be Allah. in, you know? But another thing about just that, that question, I asked that, we asked that question to the audience, like rhetorically, like, is he a good or a bad character? It's almost a litmus test. Mm-hmm. For what you understand to be good, good or bad, or bad mm-hmm. right? Because it says more about you than it does about the character. Because yeah. if you see a character like that and you think, oh, he's bad, mm-hmm. it means you don't understand the complexity of how people can be. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you can do bad things like, bro, there are Muslim leaders. There are people who lead the countries who like millions of people will die under their watch. Mm-hmm. But you still like, he's a Muslim. He prayed like, hey, bro, mm-hmm. he was in a weird situation. May Allah have mercy on them. Like you mm-hmm. don't know, subhanAllah. So I think it says a lot about us as individuals. If mm-hmm. we see a character like that and we automatically just blanket them as they're bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, that means when, when you see one of these youth walk into the masjid, your first thing is, oh, this is a bad person. Yeah, yeah. But you can't think that. Mm-hmm. Like you have to see people beyond just the surface, right? Mm-hmm. And when you don't give people a shot or a chance yeah, to even be who off. they are, like you're missing out. Mm-hmm. Imagine if in the character of Uthman, he gives him this advice. He says, imagine this guy became a leader in the community, wow. right? Imagine he did become Sheikh Purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what would that have been like? You know, mm-hmm. what, what, who would have been able to be guided under him? Like, how much benefit would he have been able to provide? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we, we, we dismiss people and we write them off before we even give them a chance to prove themselves. Yeah. And at that point, we just give up on them. And then yeah. there's no like helping hand like we were talking about earlier. It's just, it's just leave them be and no guidance. Alhamdulillah, like, in the film, Bilal had that that guidance. But let's say theoretically in that film, he didn't have that. Mm. He he was in that stuck position. If he didn't get into that taxi, you know, mm. then he probably would have been one of the brothers that, that didn't make it. Yeah. Right? So yeah. And, and that's a reality for a lot of people. We just write them off and who knows if deep inside they're crying for help. 
and who knows if they're waiting for one of us to 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 be that you know that that light at the end of the tunnel for them. But mm. we're the ones like closing that tunnel for yeah, them. Yeah, we're right? like telling you know you're right off. You're going yeah. here. Subhanallah. Easy Allah. You just see you know the face value drug dealer the way you're dressed and nah you're not a good person. Bro, how much time we see a girl walking to the masjid no hijab? Yeah. Everyone's oh, the first, it's the first, bro, the first to point fingers. Yeah, yeah. she, why is she here? Yeah. It's so funny. I, I'm going to butcher the story, but there was a, <laughs> I think, I believe it was Imam Malik or Imam, Imam Ghazali. One of the two. I'm just paraphrasing now, so don't quote me on the story. But they had saw, one scholar saw a, uh, or they saw a scholar speaking to a woman outside of a masjid. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't dressed properly. Mm-hmm. And I think she like let her in the back door of the masjid or whatever. And they came up to him and they're like, yeah, Sheikh, like, Look at this woman, like how is she dressed? Like you why are you letting her in the masjid? And he told her, Isn't this the house where the sick people are supposed to go? Mm-hmm. Isn't this where the people who are daif in their faith, isn't this where we should be taking them? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like we have, and I said this yesterday too, like we have made our religious institutions, our masajid, this like country club for angels only. Yeah. You know? Only the best of the best are allowed to be here. But it's like, subhanAllah, that's the furthest from the truth, mm-hmm. right? Even the ones who are struggling, they should be there. Because mm-hmm. that's how they're going to get better. Yeah. Right? And if we close the doors, and even in the film, like you saw, physically the doors to the masjid were closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's happened to me in many times in my life, wow. by the way. Like so many times when we go to ask for help and the doors are literally locked, physically and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's no one there. You want to ask for help? Who do you call? Oh, sorry, Imam's not here. Mm-hmm. There's no, uh, there's a janitor. One time I had a sister's panel. I was in front of a mission in Toronto. Sister came, we just finished praying Isha. We're brothers outside. We're chatting, whatever, like summertime. I remember sister runs to the door and she's like trying to get in, trying to get in. She's like, she's like in a state of panic. I'm like, sister, are you okay? And she's like, no, I can't take this anymore. My husband, he beats me, this and that. Like, she's like, I need help right now. Da, da, da. I'm like, sister, I'm like, there's nobody here. Like, I don't know yeah. what you need help with, but like nobody here can help you. Mm-hmm. But in her mind, she's like, no, I'm, I'm going to the masjid. The masjid is going to help me. And I'm like, I had to break it to her. I'm like, yo, there's nobody here. Like, mm-hmm. there's nobody here to help you. Like, wow. there's a janitor, a dude who cleans up, doesn't even speak English, mm-hmm. and then us. Mm-hmm. And we don't work here. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, like alhamdulillah, we tried to help her anyways. But my point being that, like, those opportunities for people to get help are Support very system, rarely yeah. accessible. Wow. You know? I don't know. Allah, that's, that's, that's crazy, man. Yeah. But anyways, uh, we uh, we want to thank you guys for uh, allowing us to be on your show. I can see you guys my, coming, my brother yeah. starts checking on his phone. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? We could have went on forever. With the nah, I enjoyed enjoy our presence, man. Yeah. man. In, in the slave of the most wise. I've, I've known you for many years. You know? Yeah, I know. A lot, he actually man. started doing art because of you. Really? It's all for a full circle moment. And I was inspired by him. You know what it is? Now you know what it is, uh, bro. Like we all inspire each other in different ways. You know, even yeah. with this with this platform and the space that you're providing, it's mm-hmm. going to inspire many people. Inshallah, you know, yeah, may Allah accept it. I want to be the first yeah. to thank you guys for coming. Wallah, you guys dropped a lot of uh, wisdom on us, knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys the taught me that the, 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 yeah. the masjid has, you know, the first masjid in Edmonton history, brother. Yeah, I got You guys taught me some some Edmonton history, but yeah, Wallah, this is very fun. Our first our first ever interview. So, oh wow, yeah. Oh, so you guys only just speak with each other? Yeah, we only spoke. So we took brother's chair. My bad, Aki. This was a big chest to shine. We got. Allah, you, guys, you, guys, yeah. you guys, you guys, you guys, kickstarted a very uh, our, our collaborative journey. So there's a lot of people out here you should interview. Yeah, no. For at first, we wanted to kind of like you know like build yeah. our foundation before yeah, yeah. getting into that, oh, and wow. and we saw the yeah. opportunity and. 
within a day, we just made it happen, right? So, and look at the turnout. So, shoot your shot, bro. That's what I told yeah, you, man. Shoot your shot, Allah. Yeah. Sometimes the opportunity presents itself. You just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta go for it. Yeah, I don't right. even believe in like asking. You gotta take opportunities. Take opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we already set up a podcast for you tomorrow, three p.m. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello. Allah, <laughs> sick. There's no option. We have no choice. We're like, so yeah, guys. I know, I know you guys have uh, places to be, busy guys. So mm-hmm. we're gonna let you guys go, and then and inshallah, you know, we need to tap in definitely, you know. Inshallah, just future. let everyone know to check out the film. Go to purpledon'tcry.com. Yeah, where are my manners? We're, 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 <laughs> we're hopefully inshallah gonna be taking it to more cities uh, in the next. You know, we've done this first leg of our tour, which is basically a few cities in North America. We we're hoping to take it to Europe. Want to wow, take it to the UK, worldwide. Australia. So the way we're doing it is a little bit, you know, it's a slow grind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we really, I think the value of showing the film and having a discussion afterwards is yeah. really important. Yeah. So, you know, in order for us to do that, we need to physically be there. So mm-hmm. there's only so many places we can be in at once. But we're hoping, inshallah, if there's people out there who'd like to bring the city, uh, the film to their city, they can get in touch with us, inshallah. You can mm-hmm. follow myself on social media, yeah, uh, B-O-O-N-A-A-M on Instagram, Isam Mohammed, Mass139, M-A-S-S-O-N-E. M-A-S-S-E-O-N-E. M-A-S-S-E-O-N-E. And we'll put the socials down. Yeah, yeah, check it out, inshallah. Hit us up. Uh, but yeah, man, hopefully that, if, you know, if you did like the film, you know, I, I, I really want opportunities like this to talk about the film because I think mm-hmm. it's such an important topic and, and the, the theme of the film is important, but also for Muslim creatives mm-hmm. to know that there is opportunities to mm-hmm. tell stories in a halal way. There is opportunities for us to utilize our skill set for khair. So mm-hmm. I just want other filmmakers and, and creatives to get excited and inspired to say, look, you know, sky's the limit. Like there's nothing really stopping us now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That being said, we wanted to say, you guys, Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. This would have cut. What up, man? What up, man? Why don't you do the theme song for them, bro?